listening to the Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson and for the next half an hour or so we're going to be talking about all things food and drink. I'm joined by my fellow presenter Ollie Lloyd. We've got stuff in front of us. We love that, don't we? There's a we love it. bit of stuff going on. Um, well, it's drink again. Sorry about that. Well, that's but okay. we did do the non-alcoholic stuff last week. Which was really good fun. And that really was good. And actually, that was like vermouth and slightly bitters and botanicals. So we're sort of carrying the theme on. Mm, we it's are, good, just isn't it? with the additional benefit. Yes, or negative. additional benefit. Um, and, um, and therefore, which we're going to come on to in a moment, I'm joined by Adamo Vibaro. Yes, that? hello, everybody. Hi, how are you doing? Uh, very good, thank it's you. It's very kind of you to bring all this in. So yeah. we're going to have a look. Oh, always a pleasure. Always carrying them with me when I go around. <laughs> but everybody loves you. Um, so you so, see Adamo, he'll, he'll always be prepared to serve you a drink. Yes, oh, he's always ready. ready. He's always at the ready. So uh, we'll come on to that in a minute. And also um, joined by Martin Ohms. Hi, Martin. Hi, Sue. You're Hi, gonna, Ollie. You're going to talk to us about Food Bites, which uh, we're big supporters of. I am. I think I'm actually going there, aren't I? Presenting or something. I, I would hope you're still going, yes. <laughs> yeah. we, we need you there. It is in my diary. Um, I believe that uh, Ollie was supposed to be a judge last year. I was, I know. And what happened, Ollie? You so blew I, them I, out. I, you I, let I, I, know, I know, I know. I had one yes. of those moments. You know, I, have to, I don't cancel things very often, but occasionally, you know, when you run your own business, there Martin's, are occasionally moments where everything goes Martin's wrong. still talking to you. You're lucky. Yeah, I know. He might not be. No, he might not be. He's gone quiet suddenly. Yeah. So, so we're gonna we're gonna explain what food bites is because it's quite important to me actually. It's about the next generation of stuff. Um, can we just talk about a little bit of your um, Great British Chef's website? Uh, website, go on. Research. research that's come up in the last um, few months because there's two bits of uh, of I suppose trends that are coming out, which which we're quite interested in, aren't we? There's sort of a spike suddenly happened two particular areas yeah i mean look there are lots of um so the great british chef team just released a whole load of new research and there were just two things that i thought were interesting to talk about in the context of innovation and in the context of you know entrepreneurs doing things and the first one is one that we've been talking about a lot which is plastic and obviously you know all plastic is not bad as you said the other day but i think there is increasingly a concern about packaging and about the amount of packaging that is being wasted. And the statistics, I think, are quite interesting because this is one of those things we've sort of been tracking. And we're now at the point where if you look at the sort of the really committed group of foodies, so it's what Great British Chefs calls committed foodies, 91% of them agree that they are ultimately trying to reduce the amount of plastic that they are consuming. You see, I I actually think it's quite a complicated argument, though, because it's not about producing plastic it's about how we dispose of it and how we use it it's not so plastic for me isn't the enemy it's like well can we get underneath it and work out how we're going to use it at its best you know in some circumstances and not overuse it but it is the way we dispose of it as well that's one of the worries isn't it it is and it's also the way that you know do you need plastic and lots of things so i think about when you go to supermarkets often veg is bagged in plastic Mm. and do you need it whereas when you get a veg box it arrives in a big brown box and so i think there's a you know what's interesting is that so that's one level there's a level of you know they're trying to reduce it but i think what's also underneath that is there is increasing levels of concern about the way that plastic is handled by the food companies Mm. and i think this is interesting because it's a question of you know consumers are at the point where they are making choices to avoid certain things 
because they perceived them to be environmentally wasteful. Now, that's not that's not across the whole UK, but there is clearly a growing concern about buying <coughs> things that do not align with your ecological beliefs. And I think, you know, the, the sort of the... You so know, the, people the, are voting with their purses and their wallets, or their yeah, Apple Pay, it, or whatever it is. It's interesting. I mean, you know, my kids now are like, you know, very much, you know, every time a straw gets served them in a restaurant, they're like, ooh, a straw... <laughs> and, and you know it's really interesting. The kid, the kids are sort of like you know that's bad for the environment. My kid told me the other day that having two coffees a day was bad for the environment. I had to explain that no, that was not the case. That was good for my sanity. Um, but I think you know the interesting thing is is that you know you, we are beginning to sort of go. Well, do you really need to have that wrapped in that massive amount of plastic? And you know even you know I'm trying you know, but I think it's hard. So mm-hmm. I, I think I think there's there's frustration from consumers and. In the end, they're trying to work out how to tackle this. So what's the sort of figures that you're talking about? I mean, is this just in a year you're seeing quite a difference? We're just seeing, we're seeing, you know, really... In people's attitudes? People's attitudes. They're seeing, we're seeing big movements and we're seeing, you know, the fact that, you know, you're at the point where, you know, 90% of committed foodies would agree that they are concerned about the amount of plastic used 90%, in... 90%. Yeah. in food. Now, look, you know, there are certain categories it's really hard. I know the cucumber guys say you need to wrap cucumbers in plastic to maintain fresh and things, but... There are certain things where you might need it, but there are others you don't need it. And I yeah, think yeah. it's it's just a really it's a really interesting debate. And I think brands that can come up with solutions and retailers that can come up with solutions that we've seen, I think, are gonna make a difference. And ultimately people who can do interesting stuff in the packaging space are mm-hmm. gonna win. And uh, one other thing, which a little bit unexpected for me, um you, you have a question, I seem to remember on the research, around quality. Mm. Could you just explain what that means first? So, so this is people. So this is the statement. Perceiving... So we, the way that the Great British Chef team run their research is they have a lot of statements. They'll say, you know, to what extent do you agree with this statement? And we've done this for a long, long time. And one of the ones we've asked about is, I'm prepared to pay a bit extra for quality. And it's a really interesting statement because you know brands are based on the idea that you charge extra because you are delivering a more quality product. And what's interesting is that over time. I mean, this is back when we started the research back in 2017, between 2017, April, and where we are now in summer 19, there's been a massive shift in the number of people who are prepared to pay a bit extra for quality. What, 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 what sort of so you 15% mean by massive? more. So 15% more wow. amongst, amongst the committed foodies, it's jumped up, you know, to now the point where you've got, you know, 96% of committed foodies agreeing with the statement that I am prepared to pay a bit extra for quality. And I think there's just been... That's oh, a huge leap. It's a huge leap. It, so it's in two years. So it's from 17 oh, April to, to, mm. to now. But I think it's the fact that I think people, and it, you know, we've looked at it with other statements as well. So you've got statements around, I want to know where my food comes from. So, so you do think it's wrapped up in provenance? I think it's wrapped, I think it's partly provenance. Do you think that message is getting across? I, th- I think it is. And look, the fact of the matter is that Different socioeconomic groups have yeah, different yeah. relationship with food. Committed foodies have a very strong relationship with food. It's part of how they define themselves. It's part of their kind of their mantra about the way they exist. And therefore, there is just a bit more of a sort of, I'm prepared to pay for quality. Now, I think, you know, you and I have talked a lot over the last sort of eight weeks or so because we've had some brands in who are charging quite a lot for some of the stuff they're doing. And I think, you know, <coughs> it does not mean um, that, you know, suddenly everyone's going to spend 10 quid for things that they're currently paying a quid for. an ice cream. Yeah. No, you know. But but do you think there's, that's a rejection of industrialised food? I think it's a rejection. You know what of, I mean by bad industrialised food? Yes, yeah, I think it is a rejection of. Uh, well, I think there is cheap. I think there's awareness of there's something called industrialised yeah. food, and there's awareness that you know there is potentially a side effect to that. And you know, look, 
there's so many narratives we're running, whether it's bee population, whether it's you know biological diversity, all these drum beats I think that are out there. Increase in allergies. Yeah. We were talking about gut health, weren't we? Yeah. Um, a little while ago. Okay, well, so, uh, mm, it's interesting. really interesting, and it's I think, really showing itself in people's attitudes. But, but I, and I think I wonder I think, if it's translating to buying, purchasing decisions. Well, I think it, I think it's translating slowly to purchase decisions, and it. I think you know what's really interesting is actually we also look to the organic movement, and actually the organic movement has absolutely not moved in the last three no. years. But so I think the complication thing about this is that if you're building a brand, and obviously we're going to come onto this with some of the innovation and stuff they're doing at Food Bites, mm. is that you know for businesses that are trying to carve out spaces, they've got to find a way of telling a coherent story that resonates with people's value system in a quick. You know, in a quick yeah, point. and you better be authentic because they'll find you out they will. if you're not. They will. So, I mean, that leads us um, uh, um, quite nicely, really, to Food Bites. So Food Bites is spelt food, obviously, B-Y-T-E-S, Food Bites. And it's a sort of next-generation pitch competition, um, and I guess it's a networking platform as well. And it tends, uh, I, I really like it because it builds lasting connections between the most promising food and agriculture startups, corporates, and investors. I, and I quite like that sort of matchmaking mm. elements. Um, and quite a lot of it, there's a big thread, I think, runs through it, which is helping them pioneer um, a more sustainable future. And the next event is in London on the 7th of November. Some old bags hosting it. Oh, I think that might be me, Martin. Um, uh, so, so just explain to us um, Food Bites, because it's run by Rabobank. Do you call it that? Rabble Bank, yes. yeah, yeah, um, but but it's 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 really gained traction, hasn't it? And it's not just in the UK; it's across Europe. It's in America. Well, just tell us a little bit about sure. The history I mean, of it. just just a history behind this. This was started in San Francisco back in 2015 by a Rabble Banker at the time, who thought it'd be a good idea to engage with early stage companies in in the food and agricultural space, and it really started with something like 40 startups, two corporate clients of the bank, beers and pizza. And share the story, and it turned out to be a, a big, a big success. And um, since then, we've um, we've had events um, over four continents. Um, we're having event number sixteen in uh, Chicago, um, eighteen and nineteen September this year, and then six and seven November in in London. And um, the sorts of people who are so, so the process is you sort of you apply, don't you, in order to, to to be able to pitch in front of all these sort of investors and corporates. Um, but it's not about that for me because there's quite a lot of those events. Um, normally, the day before, there's a really great program where people get mentored, they practice their pitching, yep. you know. And even if they don't find a connector, a connection with a, an investor on the second day, there's so much that you can learn from just going through that process and having other people critique what you're doing. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we see this as a door opener for the startup. So it doesn't really end on the 6th and the 7th mm -hmm. of November. Um, I mean, you're becoming part of a of a bigger system within Rabobank. We have a great network of existing corporate clients um, that at some sometime in the future you might be connected to. Um, but also, as you said, it's not just a pitch, pitch event. The first day on the 6th of November will all be, be, be about the startups. So we will have mentoring sessions, we'll have a finance panel, we'll have a marketing panel, we'll have a legal panel that makes these entrepreneurs think about the sort of daily stuff of running your business rather than just on a product. Um, we've introduced this year a uh, investor power hour. So we're trying to bring... Power a, hour. Yes, we'll, we'll, we'll give them an hour <laughs> to spend time with each other, yeah. very targeted. I mean, um, and um, we've also introduced a, a founders forum so we'll have alumni from previous events or other other successful entrepreneurs 
uh, come in front of the startups and tell them about the pitfalls and the lessons learned, etc. So we're really trying to actually bring them along in their journey. So if you, if you can get on this, uh, you know, it's uh, it's just so valuable, I think. Now, um, obviously, I've, I've been privy to some of the past winners. And if you go on to the um, Food Bites uh, website, there's loads of information on there. Um, what's your favourites? There's been some great ones who've, who've, who've made it through. Gosh, there's so many. There's so many favourites. You're on the spot, I mean, there, Mark. Yes, yes, you do. I mean, you, you have to remember that we that we look at at startups all through the the food and agri value chain. So it, it starts with farm management uh, uh, companies. It can be companies that that work on uh, reducing the erosion of topsoil, which is a big big problem going forward. Um, packaging is a massive massive mm-hmm. theme at the moment. There's alternative proteins, uh, all that sort of stuff. But I, I will choose um, last year's winner in London because I have to, because London was the first time there. It's a company called Root Wave. Uh, oh, so they've been on the program. Mm, we no, love really the Root Wave boys. Mm. Really great technology. Yeah. What what they do is 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 so fundamentally good to the to mm. the to the to the health yeah. of the, of the topsoil. So just to recap, they've they've uh, there's there's a real big issue about dumping chemicals i would suggest and you know into the soil and land but you've got massive fields out there you know how are you going to control it it's actually a really difficult problem and these guys are developed um zapping it with electricity yes. in a really clever way it's, very yes. clever. it's yeah. so clever mm. they, they were saying that they were going to try and do um domestic version they were they were with like a like a big Laser pole. You wanted one of those, didn't you? No, well, it was. It was. It was actually. Was it? it was more like a, a lightsaber. That's it. You it was sort of an Obi Wan opportunity. I, I think it needs to come with a with a warning sticker, not to abuse on your children and in, in your <laughs> yeah. bad mood. Right? Yeah. yeah. Let him when they say you can't have a second coffee, it's like <laughs> yes, I can. Yeah. So, so, the, and and the striking thing about um, the food bites is it is that range from huge, big agricultural issues to food producers. Um, to really trying to look at different ways of eating, you know, protein yep. and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's a huge range, isn't it? Yeah, what we what we try to achieve, I mean, Rabobank as a bank is wholly focused on food and agricultural business um, outside of the Netherlands. And um, our mission is to grow a better world together. And that's within the context of the world populating about 10 billion people by 2050. Mm. And so we all agree that the way we produce, process, consume package, whatever you want to call it, food at the moment is not sustainable in that context. And therefore, we need to do it better and in new ways. And innovation has a big role to play in that. And human beings are um, infinitely inventive. So I'm, I'm hugely optimistic that loads of these problems will get solved. But we've got to find ways of funding the people who are coming up with some great solutions, haven't we? Yeah, it's, it's a way of, of, of helping them to, to fund. They need a distribution network. It's not just capital. They need knowledge. Yeah, yeah. They need distribution. Yeah. Um, all that sort of thing they, they need and we try and help them in their journey. Mm. Now, um, just in front of you, can you see there's a few bottles of things? Mm. So this is, um, so Adamo, this is a new product, have I got this right? Italicus? Yes, How it's just it been uh, around? three years old. Three years first old. First of September yeah. 2016 was the first launch. I wouldn't necessarily say it's solving a massive, you know, societal problem, Martin. But look, packaging's lovely. You said amazing. you've tried it. Have you tried it already? No. No, someone gave it to us at home when we um, when when they came over for dinner. Hmm. Um, and it's, it's You've a got nice good guests. Greens. Yes, well, must we be do. nice guests. Nice guests. Now nice I know guests. it's not plastic, but it's heavy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, again, it's it's getting all that advice, isn't it, and getting all that support, um, and and then it's you know, I mean, this is beautiful packaging. 
um, I love the fact this is glass, isn't it, Darwin? Yes, yeah, yeah, it's glass and recyclable and and getting great backing for for you know people who've got all sort of ideas and 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 again for me the food bites thing it's it's so varied so varied and and also international so even if you go to the london event there will be people from different countries there it's not just it's not just um so UK yes, orientated. For, for this year's applications we've had uh companies apply from for more than 34 countries around yeah. the world and mm. and it's throughout a whole range of products if you will or, or attributes so ag tech food tech and, mm. and cpg Good. So, can we have a little taste then, Adamo? Absolutely. So, um, while you're doing that, I'm going to uh, Martin. I'm going to test you. Um, do you like Italian bitters? I'm a bit of a fan, you see. Well, when it, I mean, I love Italian wine. Um, yeah, well, we I haven't gone much Italian further wine. than, than Grappa, to be honest. Okay. So, <laughs> okay, so I'm going to so test. I'm going to test. Um, I'm going to test Ollie's. Uh, ah, here we go. go. Your knowledge. Okay. So, Ollie. A little pop in the background. I, I want you to name. Six. I want you to name six famous Italian liqueur type drinks. So I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you starter. Amaretto, for example. Uh, okay, so you've got grappa. Yeah. Uh Amaretto, Grappa, then there's Limoncello. Very good. Um What else? What else is there? God, what's in a groni? Come on. Oh, so Campari. Campari. Vermouth. Mm, but that I come. wouldn't say it's a an Italian liqueur. Um Oh, I wonder if um, this is going to be too weird, though. There's one I love from Sicily. Um, his name is possibly completely escaping me. Disarono, of course. Oh, Amaretto. Amaretto. Amaretto, yeah. Yeah. Fernet Branco. There we go. Fernet Branco. Sambuca. Sambuca, very good. God, I never drink that. Aperol. Aperol, yeah, of course. Why is it that Italians are just good at that sort of um, S- sour thing. Yeah, Do you know why? Li- liqueur is um, liqueur is um, you know a very old drink, mm. um, originally uh, made by the monks uh, since the 13th century. Uh, is effectively is an alcoholic drink with the addition of obviously sugar, fruit, um, herbs, spices. Um, the Italians started to produce liqueurs back in the 13th century, and again, uh, all the monks used to do that. And there's a million types of liqueurs. Um, obviously, so it's the monks, then, is it? It is. It's the, Italian it's, it's monks. The, we have to blame. Yeah, the famous uh, monks cappuccini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so obviously, um, category that never died, and I believe will never die. Also, because uh, liqueur is not only drunk on its own; it's often used as an ingredient. Cops Even if it's right, a yeah. 10ml splash or you know 20ml, whatever it is, it's always used in in the composition of your cocktail. So, so this is very... Oh, I just had a quick taste while you're talking. This is very bergamot-heavy. Mm. Is that what it is, a bergamot? So, yes, yeah. yeah, 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 based on bergamot, obviously. Uh, Rosolio is a, is a very old, uh, ancient uh, liqueur. Um, and what we wanted to do is uh, rediscover the, this um, lost category. And uh, and uh, create a new uh, a new style. We actually call it aperitivo now, rather than a liqueur, because it's an aperitivo. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It is used. It's a better word anyway. Yes, it sounds. Yeah. It's uh, minty as well, isn't it? It's got as that. A, it's got, very so, fresh. Mm. Very fresh. It got that. Obviously, bergamot. There's some uh, uh, cheddar as well, which is another. Um, it's a bit of rose. Uh, in there. Yeah, a there's bit of some rose, rose. Lavender. Yeah, rose lavender. That's correct. There's rose lavender inside. There's lemon balm. There's chamomile. Chamomile as well inside. So you're going to make me a little cocktail. Absolutely. So how do you while, so while you're making me a little cocktail, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you about um, bittersweet. 
Sorry, I was interrupting you. No, I was just going to say, so how do you normally, so, so you're saying this is something you can drink yeah. straight Neat, which we just with ice? Yeah, with ice. I, I recommend it with ice, obviously. Right. Um, but he's going to do, so you're, you're saying that really what we should do is we should serve it with Prosecco. Mm. You can see that, can't you? Yes. Over ice and three green olives. Not two, not four, not one. Three, three. green olives. Three with is the, the holy perfect trinity, number. Yeah. Are you, is that what you're just about to make me? Yes. Oh. It's, it's, it's a good it's day. Close. That's a good day. Fantastic. So, so we've and in got a very a beautiful blue glass. Beautiful. So we've got like, uh, so it's a bergamot uh, aperitif, aperitivo. Aperitivo. Bit of Prosecco, some ice and a yes. green olive. Right, so while that's happening, did you know that you have two receptors on your tongue? No. To taste sweet, okay. but over 20 receptors on your tongue for bitter. Mm. Scientists disagree on exactly how many, but roughly 20. Some people are very sensitive to bitter flavours, but just to confuse things, you might enjoy black coffee, but find grapefruit completely unpalatable. That's it. We keep having conversations, don't we, about why is it that I mm. like certain sour things and not other bitter things. Um, the bitter taste is there to warn us that we are potentially swallowing something poisonous. <laughs> just about to swallow something poisonous. I think we're safe on that. I think we're safe on that. Which is why we react so strongly to it. And I think that's why I like bitter taste, because I do, it does sort of bring me it up. It does bring you up. Yeah. Uh, which is why it might stimulate your appetite, I suppose. Um, uh, we are going against our instinct when we consume bitter things. In order to fight the incoming poison... I like this. <laughs> I'm not suggesting, by the way, I'm sorry, Dharma, I'm not suggesting your drink is poisonous, but I'm just reading out the research. Um, in order to fight the incoming poison, our body reacts by producing saliva and stomach acid. I'm actually <laughs> salivating quite a lot at the moment. <laughs> um, it's the sight of those olives and the Prosecco, um, which is why bitter drinks make such good aperitifs, because they literally awaken your appetite. Mm. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So you've brought some salami as well and a few extra olives <laughs> and a done, few crisps. We and should have done. It's, it's, it's bar snacks time, isn't it? Huh? It's bar snacks, as I call it. We should have, yeah. Or short eats. Those chorizo thins, have you had mm. them? I've got more by which company they're from. They're lovely. They're like little... little oh, yeah. They're about as bad for you as you can get for, for cholesterol, but... But, you know, that's okay. <laughs> well, while this drink's being made as a side, I mean, I think, I think the whole... You know, we've spent a lot of time talking about aperitivo drinks, but actually the whole sort of like what you eat with aperitivo is mm. maybe something we've neglected over the years. We need to sort of... We've had some salami people another time, but never, you know, the debate of the quality of olives, because that's, you know, actually... <gasps> we've never had any olive producers, have we? No. No, okay, I'm after the case for no, 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 Note to self. Now, you, I, I'm just looking over your shoulder here, Adama. You're selling nocellaro, olives, yeah. which are my favourite olives, Thank I have you. to say, because they are very creamy. They are absolutely. And slightly nutty. So what we wanted to do, yeah, Let's we wanted to add a, a touch of saltiness in the drink as well, just to balance out the, wow. uh, the Italicus flavor and, uh, and the uh, Prosecco. Martin, when you w were popping along here to talk about Rabobank, you didn't think this was going to happen, did you? <laughs> I, I thought the city had changed. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Drinking during work time is... Uh, so, is, um, Adama's only made it for me. Looks like yeah. you, you two aren't getting it. Great. Uh, so... <laughs> I might have to share this. I, I will leave you some uh, my recipes so you can take them home. And, uh, so I've got a beautiful blue-coloured glass here. I've got a lovely cocktail stick with a gold cherub at the end of it. Three olives are spiked. I've got loads and loads of ice. And is this just Prosecco and Italicus? Yes. Oh. 
Yeah. Right, can you talk, Ollie, because it's radio while I'm drinking this? Well, so Sue is approaching the glass. She looks slightly intimidated. <laughs> you want a commentary? Was that what you no, were looking for? No, I don't. No, no, talk no, about something. No. It's interesting. I mean, I, I, was in, um, I was in Venice the other day, actually. And um, I was, it's, it's amazing how many people, I was in a lot of their little bars, they have, you know, the lovely, what do you call little snacks, sort of snack bars? Um, key, uh, you know, sort of, they have a lot of fried stuff and, and you people go in and have, you know, a few Proseccos and a few drinks. But it's, it's interesting how many people actually go in and you don't have this in the UK who do have spritzes and combinations of different things. Whereas mm. here, you know, the culture of if you're having an after work drink, you are going in there for a beer or a wine. And a bag of walkers. Or maybe a gin and tonic. <laughs> those are probably the three. Um, but that, the, actually the variety I was really struck by, the different number of different drinks you see in little cafes and stuff that people are trying. Mm. So try, now I have it. Try that, Ollie. How, how was it for you? It's, it's nice. The bergamot, actually, is quite strong tasting. It's nice. It's interesting because the, you, um, you, you, I'm not sure, you'd, would you guess that there's Prosecco in there? No. Mm. So what you do? You use prosecco for to pad it out. To, yeah, yeah it's, it's a it's a spritz basically. So yeah. um, so what we want to do obviously you want to add uh, the um, fizzy part into it. Yeah, with the wine sp- basically. Yeah, sparkle yes. it up yeah. a bit. A different type of spritz that you can make anyway. You know, mm. this is uh, our classic Italicus club. Uh, we also I'm gonna make just after. Uh, you make another one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm. And if you don't know what to do, you can just have an Italicus and tonic as well at home. Which is, mm. you know, super easy to make. I, I Ma- like Martin, pure. what do you think about that? I like it better pure. Do you? Just do you? Like it neat? Yeah. yeah. Cool. You're very nice. So have you, have you drunk? So your, your friends came over for a, obviously a very good evening. You've been drinking this. Have you? No, not yet. It's still not opened. Really? Ah, now you know See, what to I do find that, I find that it's quite Come problematic, on. isn't it? Which is, I mean... This is definitely a first world problem. But actually, I think one often finds you have drinks cabinets with lots of random stuff in them and you wonder what to do with them. I subjected Sue a few months ago to Arak. Mm. I, I quite like that. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. It's I, 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 didn't, I didn't know what to do with it, but it's, we just had it. It was neat, didn't we? Actually, have to, so you're hearing it here first, but there's so some friends of mine are opening a new Sri Lankan restaurant in London. Wow. So we need to get them on the program because it's called Colomba. That's correct. And it's going to be on Kingley Street. And it's specialising in all the kind of really classic Sri Lankan dishes you'd never have here because it's like what they would eat at home. Mm. I mean, I had a, went to a taste the other day. Food was phenomenal. And they had a, they had a curry, which was a, um, a tinned fish curry, which is pretty... Tinned, tinned fish. fish. So it's a very classic thing you'd do in Sri Lanka. What's tinned fish, though? Was that like so there tuna or something? Sardines. Um, so you wow. use sardines or you could use um, some mackerel they would use there. So it, it's actually, it's the kind of curry they would make there, so preservation of fish, so that preserve fish, and then they'd I can curry. see that, though. It was phenomenal. And then a jackfruit curry. I'm, I'm converted oh, to jackfruit. I'm not great for No, see, I've, I've suddenly got into jackfruit as a, as a thing. My. Yeah, I've really... Well, I'm going to get them on the program. I'm going to bring okay. their jackfruit to see if you, you can. Uh, they need you know. to do um, a little test. So um, here we go. Second drink has <coughs> arrived. We've second drinks arrived. Wow! Look, a, look, uh, look at your face, Adam. You're very proud of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> this, this is uh, what I, you know, started to do when I was young. Uh, that's what I studied, and you know, that's what I've been doing for uh, many, many years, and I'm sure I carry on on this root forever so and wow, we so were what, really proud of the products what's this just this is just Italicus very classic italicus and tonic do you know what i actually prefer that <clears throat> i actually prefer that you prefer that mm. try that see what you think we, I, mean, I think it brings out the um brings out the italicus more actually. i agree 
I prefer mm. that. I've, Martin, you've, you've come on the show to talk about food I'm bites, but actually, yeah, we will, go, we will you've, talk you've, about food you've, bites you've, in a minute. You've, you've left actually with two ways of drinking an unopened bottle of spirits in your. Um, so I think we need you to invite the friends around who actually bought the bottle and tell them how to serve it. Yeah, because you know now. Yeah, and they're not Italian, so. No. Well, I'm impressed they bought it. Yeah. What yeah. do you think of that? I see. I think that's nice. Mm, that's better. It's yeah. nicer, isn't it? Yeah. Very good. Very good. Got a bit more bite to it, right? Mm. Mm. So, um, would you give any particular advice to Adamo with this new product that he has? Well, it's three years old. It's quite difficult to sell because it's. If I saw that on a shelf, I, I wouldn't quite know what to do with it. So I think you've got to make, you know, alliances with bartenders and and things like that, haven't you? With the yeah, I mean, this is this is clearly a branded business, so you need to build mm. the brand and get the name out there, get the right right image around it, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, I mean, there's not a bottle here of a, of a brand that that's risen quite Fever rapidly tray. over a few yeah. years, right? So. Take take lessons from all these people that that. I have actually prefer that to this. gin and tonic, which is so, a big statement. Well, you see, I I'm a big fan of port and tonic. That's like what old ladies drink. White port and tonic. It's so they drink it the way you know. I know you're on holiday to Portugal soon. It's a, it's massive in Portugal, and actually, I think it is so delicious. White port. White port and tonic. I cannot recommend it enough. So I think I'm thinking port and lemon. That's what the old yeah no so sort but, of old fashioned drink. But white port and tonic is absolutely delicious. Hmm. I mean, I think it's quite similar to that. You get, you get the, I mean, all the fun flavours. No, I like that. I, it's in a way, I think it's. Well, also for me, it's not as um, alcoholic, so it's only twenty um, percent mm. alcohol. Is that because there's so many bitters and and you know spices in there that it brings the um, alcohol volume down? Uh, the, it, it is distilled at this at this um, uh, percentage. Liqueurs usually vary between 20 percent, twenty yeah. thirty. Yeah, that's, that's because it's got fruit. And yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and Italicus is twenty percent. Twenty percent. So it's half. Yeah, it's yeah. half of gin, yeah. so it means you have twice as much. <laughs> <laughs> How popular is this in Italy? Very. Yeah. So it says here that it's. Um, Based on an original recipe from the 1850s. Yeah, well, Rosolio is a category. Yeah, mm. and um, it, it's it's definitely well known in Italy. So yes, really, it is. Uh, also in um, in in this country, it started to uh, take always more and more uh, popularity. Uh, we created um, we we launch a, um, a cocktail competition amongst bartenders, uh, where they can uh, um, um, decide really what to do. We all, all we give them is the um, aperitivo, we call it aperitivo challenge, obviously, because yeah. it is an aperitivo and we want them to uh, stick on the aperitivo style. And uh, we, I think this, this year we received so many entries that it was very difficult to um, obviously choose, yeah. choose the, the... But that's great for you because it's really, um, it's really fueling and, and, and um, you know, in terms of your publicity and marketing about what you can do with it, yeah. people doing something different. This is the Great same idea. in the, the over 30 countries that we are present, we have the same yeah. uh, feedback. Um, it's um, something that, obviously, we didn't create a product, we created a brand, yeah. And then there's a lot of details uh, to look into. I was explaining earlier on, um, you know, from the cup, which are, you know, is broken in seven pieces, they actually and fit one mm. by one. Uh, the bottle itself, yes, uh, you know, you represent the uh, uh, Roman column with mm. 20 faces, which are the 20 regions that it we wanted to represent uh, mm. of Italy. Um, yeah, we have uh, obviously the bergamot is the main uh, citrus. We have half bergamot here. 
uh, on the bottom, you know, with the with the wages, uh, the the cap as well. You see the black and white here. Yeah, they represent the Santa Maria Novella uh, Church in Florence, and and all these things. There's a lot of details wow. into the bottles. Oh. And uh, uh, again, we wanted to represent Italy with this, not only one part of Italy, but all Italy. All That's why we, uh, you know, the the botanical mm-hmm. coming from north, south. Uh, and obviously the, the bottle is made in one part of Italy and then the, 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 the production in another part. So there's the all Italy involved in this. That was yeah. um, the whole project behind it. It's interesting because actually, I mean, we've done quite a lot of work in Italy and one of the things that really is special about Italy is it's often very regional um, in the sense that a specific region will do Identity. one thing. Mm. And it's very interesting to hear someone talk about something that is actually across Italy. It's very rare, I think. You know, actually... Often companies are from the north, they're from the south, they do things in a particular way, they have a particular lens on the world. So it's very, it's a, that's a very radical, you know, approach. I mean, Italy mm. is, you know, it's not normally, does not normally do things in that way. Companies are very much based in a particular region, so that's very interesting to hear. No, I agree, I agree. You know, things are done uh, in the north, they, they're quite well known yeah, because they come from there. Or The you regions know, have a the, strong the, identity. The, yeah, yeah, even absolutely. the type of pasta you find around, the lasagna, the, the yeah. bolognese, all Yep. They, they're all quite, you know, uh, mm. conservative in a way. Mm. They, they say, okay, this is come, coming yeah. from this part of Italy. This one, again, uh, yeah, we really wanted to cover all Italy and uh, and, and that's why we, 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 we touch a little bit of, you know, very every same. every side, yeah. Mm. Well, um, very good luck with it, Adame. Um, uh, Martin, if somebody, I know we've passed the um, entry date now, but if somebody's very interested in Food Bites or they're an investor or they want to come and watch the competition, it is on the 7th of November. What, what, what should they do? Um, Are the investors welcome? And- absolutely, absolutely. The, the idea is that we bring together the, the startups, those groundbreaking startups that can make a change for the future with uh, our corporate customer base, investors mm. um, and, and other interested People, so media. anybody that's um, in really interested in perhaps investing in food, but food tech and agri farming, very wide, uh, and there's some interesting, Usually hugely investors different. Usually, tend to be more focused, so right, they okay. will have a particular area where they're focused in, or where they're specialised, and, and, yep. and build up expertise. But they will see a, a great range, won't they? Yeah. How, how many will be pitching on, on the day? Is it about twenty? Fifteen. 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 Yeah. Yep. And they will be very, very varied, and they will have had a day beforehand where they've been tutored, and you, you know, they go and there's a bit re- of mentoring, yep. yeah, and, and rehearsals. Yep. Um, and and presumably, it's they, they, they stand up, it's a bit like Dragon's Den a little bit, they stand up and, and, and get a, an amount of time. The audience in total, we have room for about 400 people, um, oh. and there'll be a stage, so they'll come up to the stage, um, they do a, a two and a half minute pitch, um, then there'll be a few minutes room for questions from the audience, and that'll be it. And then at the end of the two, two and a half hours in total, um, there'll be a jury that decides on a winner, there'll be a runner-up, and there'll be an audience winner as well. So the audience gets a chance to to vote for one of the winners. So what, what do you actually get if you're a winner? How does that work? I mean, um, I know investors will talk to all 15, won't they, people who are presenting because you've whittled them down, but yep. what happens to the winner? So there's a few aspects to this. We work closely with our corporate partners, so we have sponsors, um, and they offer uh, to spend a day with these startups in their that can be in their incubators, can be in their innovation lab, or whatever is most useful for the startup. So they spend the day with them. Uh, not with all of them, but some of them. Um, the winners also get a chance to um, to pitch um, at our Food and Agri Advisory Board. So we have an annual event where we uh, bring together 20 to 25 CEOs of the biggest food companies that we bank in Europe. 
and they get a chance there to showcase their, their product. I mean, so you get incredible what, 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 exposure. What, yes, yes. It's exposure. You also get to spend a day with, um, we call it a banker of your choice. So it can be a banker, but it can also be, we have food and agri research analysts that are not traditional stockbrokers or stock analysts, but they provide insight into trends of a sector. So we've kind of, the way we look at the food and egg space, we divide it in, in seven verticals. So for instance, dairy, animal protein, grains and oil seeds, consumer goods. So you can you can spend a day with those with those uh, specialists on trends and get access to 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 to, to potential uh, companies to deal you with. You need to you need to turn up to that. I do. I'm feeling a bit intimidated because I'm supposed to be being a compare. I was a bit. We'll we'll prep you as well. I think I'm going to need it. I'm going to need a huge amount of training. No, but I look. I think, I think one of the things. <coughs> no, it's going to be a pleasure. No, but the, we it's also to get the chance to do here, and it's one of the reasons we you know we do this radio program. Is you know what's amazing is we have met over the years some incredible entrepreneurs in in areas as diverse as weed killing mm. through to, you know, non-alcoholic drinks. Or Italicus. Or Italicus, Which exactly. I'm enjoying. So, just to finish the programme, uh, Adamo, you've just pulled me a, a, another one. Yeah, I knew there was uh, three of you here, so I decided to bring three drinks with me. Yeah, very he, good you're into you. the threes. Yeah. Very good of you. And, uh, what have uh, I got this Again, time? this one is another uh, alternative to your uh, Italicus, um, you know, um, way of drinking. Um, we have a, based on Italicus again... Sod and grapefruit. Wow. Grapefruit. Yeah. Martin. We were I, talking about, sorry, we were talking about grapefruit earlier. And uh, yeah, it's something, it's a, for me, it's a really un, underestimated um, citrus. So I, I'm in the camp where, where the, the bitterness of the grapefruit doesn't, doesn't do good for me. Does it not? No. I, I, like I, I think I like it's that. nice, but I'm still the tonic. I'd stick with the tonic, it's well, my favourite. I'm still with the tonic. I do like that as well, though. Mm. Mm -hmm. Tonic. Tonic for me too. Jolly good. So, um, if you're interested, where can we get it from? Um, online. Easily. Online. Okay, yeah. so we will have a link uh, from the Food Talk website, yes. obviously. Um, it's called Italicus, so look out for it. If you're Italian, you'll know all about it already. If you're not Italian, you, you must, give you it a must try. know about it. You <laughs> should give it a try, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Martin, Food Bites. So, it's um, food and then B-Y-T-E-S. Exclamation mark. Um, loads of information on the website, isn't there? Uh, some great stuff around some of the previous winners. It, it's just actually a pretty good resource, actually, don't you think? Uh, yes, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Do go online, uh, www.foodbitesworld.com. Exactly. And obviously, again, we'll have links on the website. Um, and if you are interested in anything to do with trends and the future of food and some of the... Um, dilemmas and issues we're facing uh, for the future of food. I think you'd really learn a lot. Mm. It's a really interesting place to be and see who's pitching. Definitely. You're going to go? I hope so. If I'm invited, having not turned up last year. <laughs> Just be in the audience. Um, and I'm really excited because um, it, it, it's going to be great to um, meet such a... We've got a great um, judging panel as well, haven't we? We do. Very impressive. We do. We do. Yeah. All, all across the range of, I mean, there'll be investors, there'll be, there'll be the corporate world be, be uh, represented. There's a whole range of, of specialists in the area. Mm. So we need to go along to that. Um, thank you so much to Martin uh, for joining us and for Adamo. Uh, you've been listening to the Food Talk Show. You probably know we're syndicated to radio stations across the UK and further afield, as well as being available on Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, the podcast app on your phone. Thank you, Ollie, for joining us. Um, when are we going to get some more research? When when, well, when is that happening? So it's all available online if you want to. Um, and it's all free. More. It's all free. Um, and if you want to, I mean, obviously, the, the team at Great Chefs release a certain amount of it for yep. free. 
Um, but then, you know, you can also contact them to, to learn more. So if you go to greatbritishchefs.com, you will find all the information. And then we normally do the annual thing. So there'll be another in one spring, in January. Don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sort of January, February. Um, but there's, um, it's very interesting to see how some of these trends are moving, particularly in the quality. And if you're anything to do with food packaging, definitely go and have a look at some of those results. Definitely. Yeah. Great stuff. Um, so, yes, thank you again, um, Ollie. And if you know somebody doing something groundbreaking in the food sector, just like the Italicus boys, uh, please get in touch with us via Twitter on at Food Talk Show. And if you want to listen to hundreds of podcasts with the dulcet tones of Ollie and myself, and sometimes Holly Shackleton, go to foodtalk.co.uk or via Speciality Food magazine on their homepage. I do hope you have a good week. Bye. Bye.